Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jace. Our sponsors today, we have the Belleville Meat Market, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right, looking at weather. Front coming in tonight, they're saying should roll in somewhere after midnight. We shall see. But uh, right now, it's 77 down on the island in Galveston. Sun and clouds mixed today with a slight chance of a rain shower, about a 20%. High of 81, southeast winds 10 to 20. And then for tonight, periods of rain becoming windy late, low of 56. North-northeast winds 25 to 35 miles per hour with higher wind gusts. A chance of rain tonight is 80%. Rainfall could reach uh, near half-inch totals in some areas. And then for tomorrow, windy. A steady light rain in the morning with showers continuing in the afternoon with a high of 59. That's your high tomorrow. North winds 25 to 35 miles per hour. Rain chance 70% with higher wind gusts possible. So it's a real whistling in here tonight. We'll take it. It's about time. All right, looking at tides for today. These are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We're on three of them. We just had a high occur at 3.39 a.m. at the Galveston Channel. It was a 1.6. We have a low at 10.58 a.m. It's an 0.0, so it's a pretty good, strong outgoing. And then a uh, real good incoming this evening at 6.55 p.m. It's a 2.0. 7.30 a.m. sunrise, 6.36 p.m. sunset. Moon phase, full, 99%. So nice moon. And... Uh, it's quite bright outside. Kind of cool, actually. I like it. I like fishing around these moons, you know, three, four, five days before them, and then a couple of fulls that uh, get a pretty good movement of fish. And with the weather change coming, might be a good early morning bite this morning. Get in the right place, right time, and start out shallow. These fish are right up on the bank right now. They won't be uh, after this front. They'll uh, where the where they're at right now pro- probably be be pretty dry. We're going to lose some water with this front, which is good. We need to flush. All right. Well, let's uh, get to the phone lines and get started off this morning with the hammer, Captain Glenn Hammond. See what he's up to this morning. Glenn, how are you, man? What's up? Hey, doing fine, uh, Captain Mickey. Good morning, sir. How's everything over there on your end? Yeah, it's all good, brother. It's all good. good. 
bring on the weather system, man. It's it's time. Let's get her done. You know, get to get break the, out the jackets. Get, get the mosquitoes out, break your sweatpants and your hoodies out. Uh come I don't on. Know if we're gonna get rid of these mosquitoes right now, but uh that's that's good <laughs> thinking anyway on your part. Yeah blow hard enough it'll get them they'll go down in the grass for two or three days anyway get them you know unless you stir them up but yeah. um oh shoot man that's uh just uh watching the traffic around here you know that redfish tournament or whatever was going on out of galveston yesterday they had uh quite a few yeah, boats West down and anglers had a had i don't know mm -hmm. they probably had 70 boats or better than that pretty big oh i've seen them I seen them. Uh, I wasn't on the back. First hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first hand. Sne snooping around the backyard back here, a little old mm -hmm. Swan Lake. And, oh, uh, you know what I mean. You go everywhere looking for redfish. I mean, with the bull tides, the way we've had it. Like you yeah, said, they're up tides, on the I would have been snooping around in your backyard, too, leaving out of yeah. the West End there. I'd definitely go that way. Boy, I'm telling you, we have uh, some unique little places to fish between here and San Luis Pass. And uh, yeah, y'all got a lot of good little nook and cranny fishing spots all through that area. Well, people are always calling me and saying, "Man, where can I go fishing?" So here's a list. Um, I made a <laughs> list of, of what we got. Uh, you can start down uh, towards the Brazos River, and you, then you got the San Bernard River. And then we got the Intercoastal Canal, and we got Oyster Creek. Uh, always have the San Luis Pass area, but careful as you proceed with caution down in that area. Bastrop Bayou is always a good bet. Churchill Bayou, Quintana Beach, San Bernard, the Brazos River. Yeah, we got them. We got some fishing places down here, and right. they are being they are being took advantage of. Let me tell you. The jetties, you couldn't get another person on there, another umbrella, another surf rod. <laughs> I mean, the jetties, the jetties these days are packed. You couldn't, I mean, you go well, to the San Luis Pass. They're catching something if it's like that. Yeah, well, I don't know about that now. <laughs> no, well, they probably man, are. But it's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Every ditch, every bio, every jetty, every man oh man oh man people are just getting them some i just everybody's fish crazy i guess i guess it's just the uh uh i don't know i'd say it was the number one sport right now <laughs> of fishing has to be. <laughs> it's it's got to be the number one leading sport in the world right now it's fishing everybody and their brother's doing it but uh no, everything's good down here. Bull tide. My next door neighbor, Captain Brandon, went out yesterday. He, he had a couple of guys with him, and they brought in a, a few reds, and they had like five or six trout with some pretty good sized sand trout to go along with them. Uh, I didn't see any flounder. They didn't, they didn't have any flounder. Uh, so those flounders are being uh, got at night. There's a, I'm seeing two or three of these uh, commercial. Uh, flounder gig boats or you know what I mean they got them all rigged out with all the lighting and all the railing of going all the way around the boat oh yeah they, this, they, they gucci out these just, flounder rigs nowadays they're, they're pretty fine they deck them out they deck them out but it, you gotta know. hit them hard because they just got a couple of more days and they'll be done with it yeah give them a chance to get out to the gulf and lay those eggs you know I was in a fish market yesterday 
of picking up some shrimp. And I noticed those big old flounder they had laid up in there, and every one of them had gigging holes in them. Had and, holes uh, in them. Yeah, they got gig holes in them. So, uh, <laughs> but these are pretty, pretty decent. They're getting plenty of them, man. I mean, you know, 20, 20, I guess you get five people or four people with five fish each. That's 20 flatfish. And they, they do it every night, every night. But I uh, can't seem to do it on the rod and reel, and, and I'm not really fishing for them. You know, usually if I if I want to fish for flounder, I'm going to go to a bio. I'm going to go to a cut or some Drains. kind of a ditch or yeah, train. Points with That's, a bar. They, nice they are point off the shoreline with a drain next to it. It's a real, real good place. You're exactly right, buddy. And there's so many people that want to go fish for them and doesn't really, don't really understand, uh, you know, the, the sequence of what's fixing to happen and all the water temperature drop. And then they're going to make their annual migration out of here. And they, they go out to deep sea and they go lay their eggs wherever they go. They go offshore and lay their eggs or whatever, but they get her done. And uh, I'm just, uh, I hadn't caught a handful this year of flounder. I mean, some small ones, you know, but I haven't had any, you know, anything. I don't, I don't go for them. I don't target them because uh, I, I figure that I'm wasting more time trying to get that one type fish when I can go out and just fish, period, and catch all kind of stuff. So I'm just not that patient of a fisherman. Uh, not to just sit, you know, well, like I said, and we used to have a lot of, them, you could go do that and, and make it worth your while. Right. You could, you could uh, keep a mm -hmm. catching pace up enough to keep everybody interested and keep, you know, oh, yeah. catching a few here and there, but uh, it's a little different mm -hmm. these days, you know, unless you're, oh, you're yes. fishing in a funnel point, kind of like the Galveston channel is over here where they all funnel through there before they exit. Right. And it stacks them up a little staging area. They whack well, uh, I know one thing. Uh, the biggest one I've got up to date was 26 and a half inches long, and it's been a whole bunch of years since I caught one like that. Mm. I mean, a bunch of years ago. But 26 and a half, I think it weighed six and a quarter pounds. It's a, that's a good one. And uh, I remember it came right from underneath the Coast Guard boat. One of the cutters was parked in a – where the old yeah. Coast Guard station used to be there, Freeport Coast Guard station, right there at the, at the jetties, the base of the jetties. Mm. And they had that big old hole underneath that boat. And we'd just throw that mullet underneath the boat and drag him out real slow, do a little creepy crawl on the bottom with him, twitch him a little, you know, just barely inch him along. And you'll feel that thump, buddy. And that flounder will expand those jaws and suck that mullet in. I mean, they can pop it, buddy. They, they they got some teeth on them. I mean, those son of a guns. You got to watch where you put your fingers in when you're getting the hooks out of their mouths. They got a they got some teeth, and that's a that's a heck of a predator right there. But anyway, yeah. that's what we would do. We'd get on a ditch or something and drag mud minnows or finger mullet if I really wanted them. I mean, I mean you can use gulp, you can use plastics, you can use all that. But uh, my old favorite bait it was to carry a cast net with me and a minnow bucket and and uh, I'd set a minnow trapper out in some kind of a culvert or a ditch. Uh, there's a lot of bios and places with ditches down here. And I put me some fresh cracked crab and a, and a mud minnow trap and set that baby out. Get you some big old fat mud minnows to go along with a couple dozen finger mullet. You got you some flounder bait. 
like you said, all that just in a few days. I guess the whole month of November, zero flounder for for us, yeah, right? Until uh, what is it, December fifteenth? Oh well, let them let them do what Nothing they got to do. And it's going to be yeah. prime uh, exodus, you know. Flounder going to be uh-huh. on the move. Oh, this will this will this will kick them in the butt right here. Oh this, yeah, this this will uh, you know get the females moving. You know, there's a lot of male mm-hmm. movement right now. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the reds that I've been catching have been right up on top of the reefs. I mean, you know, normally I catch them out on the edges of it when the tides are lower. But with all this bull tide, man, I've been going right up to the – and just throwing the popping corks just up on top of the darn reefs and uh, right. and doing having our best bet. But redfish has been the mainstay in this area. Mm-hmm. Trout. So so, but uh, nothing big, nothing monsters, no trophies. Uh, we're not looking for trophies. We're just looking for fish, and uh, and that's what we do, man. Just get out there and try to catch a variety of them. And uh, the trout, like I said, mm, it's kind of tough in this area. Uh, Brandon had a pretty good box yesterday, but uh, there wasn't any size to them at all. Uh, the trout, and then the reds were the reds were decent. But uh, that's about the only report I, I got, you know, as far as anything down here. So uh, it'll, it'll be picking up. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a good out. water temperature drop out of this and uh, get these fish piled up in certain winter areas. Get the good fall winter pattern coming. Here we go. Another year. You know, I seen I seen something down there yesterday was interest or the day before yesterday. My wife and I drove to San Louis Pass, and we seen this guy with a drone flying his mullet out uh, to the third sandbar, or I don't know how far he went out, but that's right. how he was delivering his. Have you seen him do that? I've heard about they, it. I've never seen him do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I actually sit there and watch the dude, man. He picked that mullet up off the beach for that drone and carried it offshore and uh, dropped it, and that's pretty dang cool, man. I can't Fish don't believe have a that, chance anymore. No, <laughs> the, the technology that we have and Oh my goodness! No, they don't stand a chance anymore, Captain. They're they're droning them down here, buddy. Anything. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Bait camps are holding bait. Uh, you're gonna get mostly shrimp. You might find some croakers down here, but uh, the bait camps I'm seeing everything's shrimp, live yeah. shrimp, black flags. They got some dead shrimp, live shrimp. But uh, it's all good in the hood down here, Captain Mickey. All right, Hammer. Somebody wants to call you, throw them out a number. Sure. Uh, I'll put them in the right direction. I'll send them in, I'll send them somewhere. 713-208-0683. Happy fun right. Sunday, everybody. Y'all have a great one. You too. Take care, Glenn. Yes, See you, man. All right, that's the Hammer down in the Tri-Bay area. Well, the Belleville Meat Market this week, they're double featuring Green Onion, Pecan Smoked Sausage, and Double Black Pepper Pecan Smoked Sausage. You can always try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in the store. And full menu pecan smoke barbecue, they serve that every day, Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Pecan smoke, pulled pork, and homemade hot dogs are available on the menu also. And they're now taking orders for their country smoked turkeys for the holidays. If you never tried one, you ought to try one out. They're really good. Custom processing on pigs and calves, they do that all year long. Order a half-calf or a hind-quarter, have it processed any way you like. And wild game processing, 
They make mini dogs and hog dogs. That's something new they added last year. And uh, they make hot dogs using your own venison or wild pig, so you can bring something home the entire family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville's been celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 418 here in the Bayou City. On a Sunday morning. All right, let's uh, head down to Freeport. Let's check in with Captain Jeff Naylor, see what he's up to. Naylor, what's going on, man? What's happening, Captain Mickey? Not a lot, man. man? Making it through a Sunday. I know that's right. I know that's right, man. It seems to be a little rainy. Uh, You know, honestly, we, we, uh, you know, missed out on the Bisbees this weekend. Or, excuse me, this week. Last week, uh, we, we... we're up in Bryan College Station, and and this weekend we're actually uh, we went to a UT game yesterday. So we went watch the little foosball in Austin. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we're we're kind of out and about, but uh, yeah, it's been a crazy week. Been a been a pretty busy week on the on the fishing front in terms of worldwide fishing, not necessarily in Freeport, but Bisbee's and uh, you know. Announcements from from uh, from Noah and on the uh, fishing seasons for next year and stuff like that. So, um, anyways, yeah, football game for one. Just to clear that away. Football game was amazing yesterday. You know, UT uh, smoke BYU is a is a great game, but um, yeah, with their the backup fishing- quarterback. Yeah, their yeah. starting quarterback's got a short, sore throwing shoulder. I watched yeah. some of that game. I, I had too much going on. I couldn't get – you know, I just got everything done and get ready for the World Series. So, I'm getting my last yeah. bit of baseball fixed till next year. Yeah. The heartbreaker last week, man, you know. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that like... didn't go as uh, 
planned. <laughs> you know, hey, but uh, in it was the seventh year in a row. We made it to the playoffs. I mean, you know, I think we had a pretty good run, all things considered. I mean, when your bats just get slow, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's uh, you know, you got to hit, you got to make runs. I mean, that's how it works. You know, there's no no ways around it really, unless you got just an absolute closed out pitching staff. We have good pitching staff, but not quite like that. Um, but hey, as always, next year, and I'm so glad that the Texas team is in. I tell you, the other thing about coming to Austin, you know. I, I think you can wear an Astros hat or a Texas hat, a Rangers hat, and uh, people give you a high five either way, you know. So, I know they probably would with a Rangers hat. There's, <laughs> the Astros are pretty hated everywhere. That's I, You know, I'm just so sick of all that. Give it a break. I mean, they've been good for so long. You know, when you're that good for that long, you ain't cheating. That's just they're that yeah. good. There's and there's a lot of talent still on that ball ball team. Negative I mean, press uh, everywhere I look when I read sports stuff. Everybody just hating on them on the Astros yeah. big time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they 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 really have a great team. I think they're going to move forward and have a real great team. Yeah, next they year got too. some changes that need to be made. Or it, you know, I kind of knew this would probably happen. I mean, we could have got through it. You know, if the bats would have stayed heated up, kind of like the Rangers did with their pitching staff when everybody was getting hurt, and you know their their offense kept them going, but uh, ours was just too inconsistent. You know, with our starting yeah. pitching, it just it wasn't the same team as last year. I can tell you that it was, but it That's wasn't. Right. And we and truthfully, of, man, I mean they're, they're a yeah, baseball club. I'm proud of them. Absolutely not. I mean, we made it a long ways. In, I've been an Astros uh, fan since I was born. I grew up in the, you know, <laughs> the Houston Buffs and <laughs> then the Cole 45s. And I've seen the – kind of like my fishing, I've down, seen the best bro. and worst of it, buddy. I know that's right, man. <laughs> you know, we – I mean, we, we went – as when I was younger, we used to go to baseball games all the time. And when I went to – and I was, you know, shoot, by the time I got my driver's license, I, I – we started going up there to, to the, uh, you know, the ball to the Astros game in Houston, and and uh, for years, you know, we we'd do 10, 12, 15. and you know, for the longest time, I mean, it, we weren't the greatest team, but you know, it, it was it was lights out watching Biggio. To me, that was like everything. I mean, Biggio was was one of the best players ever lived, in my opinion, and uh, I love watching Bagwell and all them, you know, and. Back then, you know, you could buy a ticket. Heck, you could sit right behind home plate. You know, nobody was even, nobody was even watching, you know, or looking at your ticket when you're walking down there. There were so few people there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of great experiences and uh, a lot of life lessons I learned, you know, watching the Astros. But uh, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I, I don't care if they win, lose, whatever. I'm going to watch them anyways, you know so awesome that they're winning and doing so great these last seven years to be really honest with you but uh yeah i mean hey ut great all the same and uh you know it was a, it was a good opportunity to come up here man i tell you what though it it just still blows me away when you go to to uh you know college stadiums where there's a hundred thousand people you know it's just it's unreal you know yeah the, college the, football's uh man, that's... <laughs> That's big business, buddy. <laughs> on another level, on another level. But, uh, you know, on the fishing front, again, uh, uh, 
this week. I think Honda's doing their demo days with uh, that new 350 over there at uh, Bayside with Sharky and them. And uh, I think uh, it's tomorrow – or excuse me, Tuesday from 1 to 5. So we'll be over there messing around with the, a bunch of Honda reps and stuff like that are coming. So be a lot of Q&A yeah, stuff, good. I'm sure. Yeah, they get, I think we're they're going to have – two boats over there if i'm not mistaken with a couple right. of them uh, set up uh with the 350 new 350 motor set up so that ought to be interesting got that on tuesday and then uh again with the announcement that uh that noah made so the um, amberjack season next year is going to be open september and october um and then the commercial season they're they're slowing down on quite a bit Apparently, they're going to uh, do a buyback program or something like that because it was overfished, I believe, this year is what they said. So, yeah, Amberjack season's not going to be open in May. That's going to be a little tough for us next year, but um, it is what it is. So, I never – well, I, I didn't want to believe it, but I never thought that we'd uh, we'd turn into fishing seasons. You know, yeah. with, our, with our fishery, you know, we saw Florida go through that years and years ago where they, you know, just closed down certain species for the year or what have you due to, you know, lack of, uh, you know, whatever cause, you know, freezes, things like that, you know, but, sure. uh, then when it gets into the offshore thing and then now it's coming inshore to a, a bay system near you, you know, we got the flounder closure coming up November 1st, and then, hey, no telling what else. You just never know. Unless we can bounce this fishery back and get it where it needs to be, we may see that on other species of inshore fish just like offshore. It's crazy, man. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's commercial never, never value. I thought I'd live to see that. Never did. Yeah. Never even crossed my mind. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a big commercial value, and especially in Red Snapper and and amberjack is not as as you know crazy, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, gotta protect that natural resource, you know, I guess. But uh, I mean, it is what it is, you know. I'm hoping that decisions are made like that for a good reason and not a bad reason. And and you know, uh, it's what we're seeing, which you know, it's kind of a catch twenty two. I mean, I ask a lot of the the uh, fishermen that have been doing this for years and years and you know ask them kind of wh why the amberjack uh you know seemingly stocks getting thinner and thinner and i and i Do think they have an explanation for that Do they even know the well, reason or what's behind you know, it, the, what's causing well, it or what the unanimous answer is typically that we're losing the habitat we don't have the habitat that we need for amberjack you know See? they need that's a, they want to. I get hammered all the time saying the same thing about Galveston Bay loss of habitat and environmental, and and it and it's true. I mean, I've sure. watched the bay change right before my eyes just in the last ten years, and right, uh, and Absolutely. you know you can throw fishing pressure in there too, but uh, it uh, I think habitat is probably one of the biggest biggest aspects oh, sure. of, of loss of of species of fish and decline like it is, you know. If you, if you look at amberjack as a species by itself, they they tend to be very high in the, uh, you know, 
as far as the school of fish goes, you know, they're really high up in the water column, maybe mid column, something like that. So a lot of the uh, oil rig and platforms, stuff like that, gives them protection in that mid column range, you know, yeah, where they all can step underneath there. Absolutely. And so, I mean, and fishermen will tell you the same thing is, you know, you can go up to a, a, go to a rig or something like that and fish and catch a few of them. They get smart. They start hiding in it. So, I mean, it gives them protection even from overfishing to a degree. Well, you know, and, and, and predators and too. You know, it's just sure. stru yeah, structure, structure, no matter how you look yeah. at it. Absolutely. And so that's kind of a, uh, that's kind of a unanimous answer I get every time. And, and uh, you know, speaking of structure, another thing that happened last week was uh, the new announcements from BOEM for another couple of leases in in Texas waters for these uh, wind farms. Wind or the turbines, wind mills. Yeah. yeah, the wind farms. And uh, the, the last big lease that was off of uh, uh, San Luis Pass, essentially, it did not sell last year. Um, they're bringing it back up in, uh, I think it's April of next year. They're going to bring it back up. And they also now they have about four more leases. So, um, you know, I don't know how, how that's going to go. I think the, the uh, not to kind of switch gears a little bit, but, you know, um, there's a lot of incentive now to uh, for some developer companies, stuff like that, to go and, and initiate some of these uh, wind farms. And, you know, I think that, it would be great for the fishery to have a little bit more structure and, and, you know, put more structure in for our future. It takes a little while for those structures to actually, you know, grow life and kind of keep, I say you know, drill, baby, drill. <laughs> There's some good drill, structure. Baby, drill. That's money structure there, bud. Yeah. And, well, and you, it, yeah. you know, it just may be going over like a lead balloon, kind of like that EV market. These car companies have lost their rear ends. So oh, far sure. on this EV thing, it's just when you got the well, government telling you and, and forcing it down your throat, people are going to reject that. They're just they're, they they sure. want to make their own decisions on how they want to function. And uh, sure. it's uh, right now, it's just not feasible. But, you know, it's uh, in, in what do we in know? Texas, We're just I think what's going <laughs> to. Right. I think in Texas is going to end up being more on the uh, hydrogen regeneration. So, which is a positive thing, I think, because, uh, you know, in, in terms of electricity, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. I don't know exactly how it all plays out on the, on the big picture, but, um, you know, as far as hydrogen and stuff like that, you know, it's something that can be made 24 seven and then we, they can turn right back around and sell it to the chemical plant. So there is, ultimately i think a more efficient way to use that power however that works out so but at the end of the day if people are just going to go drop a bunch of money and they're going to go do it anyways i'd rather come over and put some structure in my fish you know my fishery and see if we can keep some of these fish around it's kind of my you know my thoughts i guess initially um i don't think again that i don't think that uh, uh texas Offshore wind is going to produce electricity that's going to be pushed back into the grid. Is my complete opinion. I think it's going to end up being like a hydrogen kind of stuff. Uh, where, where, you know, it's one of the hydrogen is one of the one things that a chemical plant has. You know, takes a lot of power, takes a lot of money to to make. You know, and so this gives them an opportunity to buy some and probably offset well, some of that. There's plenty of that floating around. I don't know where yeah. all this money comes from, but buddy, it's. There's a lot of money floating around out there. You bet. You bet. World's it's a big to, global push. The world's fixing to be on fire. And, man, it's 
Money, money, money. So Let me knock this breakout, Naylor, and I'll come back. We'll talk some more on okay. this. Hang with me, bud. Okay. All right. Well, the Belleville Meat Market, no place like it. Located right in downtown Belleville, a short drive from Sealy off I-10 or Hempstead in 290. This week, they're double featuring their green onion pecan smoked sausage, double black pepper pecan smoked sausage. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in their meat market. And full menu pecan smoked barbecue served Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Pecan smoked pulled pork and homemade hot dogs are available on the menu also. And they're now taking orders for their country smoked turkeys coming up for the holidays. If you had never tried one, try them out. They're really good. And while game processing, they're making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your hunt the entire family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville's open Saturdays, Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. My Maria, don't you know I've come along? Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Sunday morning. It's 435 here in the Bayou City. All right, Mr. Jeff Naylor, we are back. Back in action. Back, back in, in action. action, man. Back in action. Yeah, so speaking of Bisbee's, I mean, I, I was kind of looking it up. I didn't get really a good chance yeah, to go I never back and look and see free. the weights or anything, what was caught. I think uh, if I'm reading it right, they, they paid out a, a big check to a boat that uh, uh, that won second place last, last year or something. I think it was like almost a $4 million check. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know my, my boys down there, uh, they, it was, they said fishing was real slow. They told me, uh, uh, after that hurricane, man, that, that water got real dirty and it was real tough fishing. Um, basically you kind of had to go find a, a patch of a good clean water and it was just real tough fishing. 
which yeah, seems to be kind of tropical it, storm. You know, they thought, well, maybe a light category one at best, and then it turned into a five when it came ashore. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. He, he said just north of there, ripped ripped some stuff apart, but luckily yeah. Cabo itself kind of scaved off pretty easy. Yeah, Acapulco but, uh, got, what, got hammered, man. I, was, I saw a picture somebody posted up, you know, on uh, all these big, beautiful yachts, you know, big fishing boats and everything just destroyed. Oh, yeah. Said a lot of them sank. There's a yeah. big mess. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I I feel for anybody down there. I mean, that, that that's terrible. And especially when you get something like that, like a big, you know, million-dollar tournament where you start attracting a ton of people down there. And then, sure. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're staring down the barrel of a hurricane. It's, uh, you just never know, man. I mean, uh, but nonetheless, that, that tournament was able to go off, which is good, too, I guess. You know I mean? Keep that money in the area. I'm sure uh, some of the money right. that was, you know, raised at that tournament would probably go to help uh, out that whole area. Um, you know, and, and everybody will tell you down there, you know, they're super resilient. So uh, hopefully they jump back up and, and uh, you know, get back to normal pretty quick. But the tournament wise, you know, it's pretty slow. The last two or three years kind of been that same same story. I mean, right. you know, very little, very few. I think there was like nine as of day one. I think there was nine blue marlin caught, um, mostly released. And, and, you know, I didn't catch what the, the last day was. Like I said, I was traveling, so I didn't get a chance to look at it. Like I said, I vicariously living through my boys down there. And, you know, they kind of tell me that it's pretty slow. Several right. several strike marlin releases as usual, you know, a couple of sales, but nothing, uh, nothing, no big ones, no, nothing no mamas. Home about. No, no, they no uh, granders. You know, no Go granders. Gulf of Mexico no for that. <laughs> That's it. I mean, wouldn't that be an odd <laughs> change of events to have? Uh, you know, all of a sudden people coming to Gulf of Mexico to catch granders. I mean, that that's yeah. you know that'd be neat, but. Uh, it didn't happen, so they they actually leave. Uh, it's the boat's called Easy, and they leave out of uh, 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 San Diego, and so uh, they're starting their trek back. Actually, you know, I take that back. They're actually fishing the last stretch, uh, the last tournament next week, I think. I'm not mistaken. I probably should have checked on that, but anyways, here in the next couple of weeks, they'll be headed back to San Diego, and and uh, then fly back over here. And, Hopefully get to go fishing over here. I, I heard I heard through the grapevine uh, that the fishing off the Gulf of Mexico here was actually still pretty hot. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, marlin fishing. So um, there were several whites caught the last little good weather window we had. There were some whites caught, some some blues. <laughs> it's all good, good news. I mean, you know, it hadn't really got cold yet. So you might have a good little couple week run, you know, here we can. I mean, if the weather ever gets right again, maybe get out there and get some fishing out here. Yeah, get the Gulf to lay down behind these fronts. You know, we usually do in November. You'll get that real calm stretch for a couple of weeks. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, – I think we're, we're, we're planning on still sticking to uh, trying to go catch some queen snappers. That's, that's the uh, plan for this fall. We're going to do some snappers. queen snappers. Man, Megan is infatuated with these things, and we've got to go. 
<laughs> Somehow, some way, I gotta go find. It. I don't even care if I'm gonna buy one from the supermarket and take it out there and put it on the hood. You know, I got. <laughs> I got to produce, man. She's uh, she's pretty adamant. We got to go catch some queen snappers. So, um, we're gonna be doing a bunch of that this this fall, early what winter. What depth of water you got to fish in to get those? Yeah. Uh, to be determined, I don't know yet. I mean, I'm still working on that. I'm thinking anywhere from about, you know, i tell you this. We went out there to the garden. We fished around the gardens, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago. And, uh, you know, we were fishing about 400 foot of water. We were catching the species that hang around them, I know. We never caught mm -hmm. one, but we caught a, a couple other species that we know hang around those uh, queen snappers and stuff like that. And we, like I said, we right. were in about 400 foot of water. Um, you know, the theory is that, uh, that they tend to hang out uh, maybe mid column, you know, mm -hmm. in six to 800 foot of water. Right. Um, I've heard them, I've heard them catching them as deep as 1200, you know, but uh, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Uh, they definitely catch them here. We see them all the time. You know, uh, the commercial guys, friends of mine, they'll, they'll show me pictures of them. You know, and I think that, you know, the, my my buddies, commercial fishing, they just completely catch them by random. I mean, you know, they're dragging their, their gear along and all of a sudden they hit. So, um, I don't know. I think we're, you know, area, I think we kind of point back over towards the flower gardens again uh, yeah. for our next little run. And so, you're the deepest you're going to get out there is probably 600 foot. You know, if you stay around the garden, some of the hilltops mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, that and, and, you know, maybe do a little grouper fishing here before it, that season closed down. Man, all these seasons. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, you have a lawyer in the boat with you to keep you on track. <laughs> keep I'm you telling you, man. Doing something wrong. Jeez. It's unbelievable. You know, here's another real crazy thing. So, some of the commercial guys from over there in Florida are coming over here to Texas to fish for their snapper quota. They can't catch any red snapper, uh, apparently, over there. Huh. So uh, some of the commercial fleets are coming over here to Texas to finish out their seasons, which is just going to put a little more pressure on us. I mean, but uh, I don't know, man. I, for, for a Florida boat to have to come all the way over here to Texas, I mean, that's got to be a huge cost to begin with. You yes. know, they must be doing bad over there, you know, must be real rough. Which is kind of the flip side of, of here, you know, especially down there in the South Florida, they, they tend to be more grouper fisher, you know, bigger grouper fishery than we have here. And, yeah, Florida's uh, always been big on grouper over there. They come inshore over there. They do, they get them, yeah. They get them in the bays, you know, Charlotte Harbor and all that over there. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, kind of the reverse of what we have here. But, uh, you know, in a lot of the groupers that – you know, gag grouper, stuff like that. They're, now, that gag's kind of a deep water type grouper, but uh, it's they pretty much closed it down. I mean, it may not be open again for a while. Um, and a couple other species, they're, they're kind of going through that uh, phase of getting longer, you know, shorter seasons, I guess you could say. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, our our fishery ends up uh, making out after all this. 
I mean, you know, like I said, I'm in a little bit of habitat. I ain't arguing about it, you know. It sounds great to me. I hope they do put a bunch of stuff out there. You know, those the, the traditional uh, pyramids and stuff like that that they do closer inshore doesn't do you a whole lot of good offshore, you know, in that deep, deep water. In terms of having that big, you know, the whole plethora of, of fish species the from top to bottom type thing, um, you know. I don't know. You, I keep looking at these fads. You know, they were supposed to put these fads in a couple of years ago, or right. actually, I think it was last year, and they have yet to do it. And the argument that I've been uh, was told was that the uh, permitting uh, got messed up somehow, and they weren't able to do it. And uh, you know, that would that would be a big bonus. I mean, just having a you know a floating fad out there. Right. So. Um, I don't know, man. I hope I hope things change and turn around a little bit here next year. This year seemed to be real slow. There wasn't a whole lot of things that that really happened in terms of, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of good ideas, a lot of money that got floated around. I mean, I know that some a lot of those fads were privately uh, funded, and most of the funds were there. So not real sure exactly what happened, but. Uh, Man, I tell you, I mean, we have, we still permits? have one. How, how do you get permits to put those out? I mean, well, who do you have to go through? I guess, well, being, you know, outside of state, state waters, it'd be federal permits then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be probably, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to speculate on who, who you have to go <laughs> get the permits. For. I mean, let me tell you, I mean, you know, do anything in the water, you, you tend to have four yeah. or five organizations that, you know, are involved. And, and I'd be lying to you that, you know, told you <laughs> any one of them for that. But, you know, the, the first thing you got to do is it's got to be public knowledge, right? I mean, you got to have, um, it's got to be out of shipping lanes. You know, I know anything in the Gulf of Mexico, anything that, you know, yeah. and I, I'm just taking strictly from the experience of, of watching these, these wind farms or even oil rigs being put up. There's so many of these diagrams and maps and everything of like fish migrations, you know, bird migration, all this kind of stuff. Basically, all these biologists have to bless it to say, hey, you know, it's not some kind of whale track or whatever, you know, you can have it here, you know, or at least, you know, in this area. So and then on top of that, you know, it has to be a, uh, you know, on sh outside of shipping lanes, it has to be marked well, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I mean it's a it's a it's a, you know, floating debris pile. Really, I mean it's not a you know a huge. In my mind, you know. Something something that somebody's gonna hit, you know. But at any rate, that's probably what they have to end up doing first. Uh, again, like I said, I don't know for certain, what they all have to go through to do that. Um. They they're still taking down rigs though as we speak. They're they're taking they're chopping some down as we speak over in Galveston right now. Um, on the flip side, they're actually drilling a little bit too. So, hey, we may see some more new rigs out there. I don't know. Um, you, you never can't tell with the government nowadays either. They'll tell you, hey, you know, such and such is scheduled to be taken out. You know, come June next year, yeah. and heck, it's two or three years later they're still there. So. I mean, and then all of a sudden one day you go out there and they're chopping down all of them. You just, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just uh, no, there's not. You know, they kind of do what they want, man, on their own uh, schedule, I guess. 
but uh, you know, the longer they leave them in, I'm not gonna be mad. I don't even fish them. I don't even like going to oil rigs, but uh, I know they do hold uh, fish, and and that's a good thing. So, um, we'll see what the future holds. It's always the same I used to like those uh, pipe stands. You know, those small deals. Sure. You could always find some big ling on those for whatever reason. Just out in the middle of nowhere, you pull up to one, there'd be two or three big old ling on there, and you'd fish like ling. crazy to catch one of them. Sometimes you catch you all of them, but just depends you on bet. the fish, too, you know. Sure. I mean, they hold bait real well, you name yes. it. Yes. You fish uh, You fish many of the uh, the gas tins or any of that out in Anahuac? I mean, you know. The what? Uh, the some of those gas stems out in the bay. Oh yeah, the little like gas wells. Yeah, that stuff. that was yeah. always back in the day. That was real popular. And sure. A very good method of catching fish in the summer in Trinity Bay. Boy, back when we used to have a lot of fish and a lot of those uh, above water structures, people could see them. And you know, you had to. There was ways to fish them that you could do better, and have an advantage over everybody else if you knew. If you knew what was on the bottom around those rigs, you know, the rigs that were drilled in the uh, wintertime, they had the big uh, shell pads on the bottom on the uh, south end. The ones that were drilled in the summer had the big pads on the north end because of the predominant winds that time of year. You know, the way they'd set those barges up and drill them. And uh, it, uh, if you knew the bottom layout around that rig, the biggest mistake people would make, they'd pull right up to it and try to fish next to it. I've had some sure. of my just most awesome days fishing way off of them. If you know how far out that pad goes into the mud, do you want to fish that drop off that edge, especially with the current, whichever way the current's moving, whether you have an incoming tide or an outgoing, it's real easy to read because, you know, in East Bay and Trinity Bay and all that, that your tide, your currents always move from the southwest to the northeast on the incoming, and then just the opposite of that, northeast to southwest on an outgoing. And uh, Sure. And you wanted it calm. You know, you could catch them when it was rough out there, but it was it was harder on you trying to anchor the boat and position it properly so you could fish without slacking your line and all that mess. But, uh, sure. oh, I'll tell you, I saw so many – beautiful huge big trout caught on those wells over the years back in the 80s and early 90s and they just as, wow. as our stocks of fish diminished you know that kind of fishing kind of went by the wayside too there's a lot of there have been a lot of small fish on them this year and i didn't yeah. fish them much because i you know i don't want to beat up on them little fish man there's no point in it and, sure uh, but we went out you know we would uh I've been out in the in the bays uh, working on those. After a couple of hurricanes, I actually went out with a couple of companies and we went and put the walkways back on and kind of got them back yeah, online. Yeah, like the big most... separators. Yeah, the separators. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they're and they're satellite you know platforms normally you know unmanned kind of thing. So we would go put back up the towers or whatever you know and get them back online. But I remember being out there and I can't really recall what time of the year it was but i mean remembering just giant schools of redfish i mean like a giant cloud yeah. that would come scooting through them you know and go weaving in and out of them and stuff like that and i mean you just felt like there was a ton of fish you know in that area oh in, no doubt time. and you know, uh, a lot of those separators back in the day when they would flare at night you know we'd keep an eye on the bay 
because we live right there. And you could sure. see whether A1 or A2 was flaring or whether it was C1 or C2, you know, the Exxon wells. And if they were flaring yeah. off, if it was uh, the weather permitting, you put the boat in the water and went out there and you, oh, my goodness, fish <laughs> all night under the, you know, it just lit the whole area up and the fish just went nuts. Oh, wow. Catch some big, that, big fish doing that. When, when it flares like that, is it is there any of that? the heat that attracts them or is it just the light no it's just the light it's it's the light light. itself you know the first thing that comes is bait you know baits attracted to it naturally the the schools of fish come with a bait here we go got an all-night free-for-all yeah 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 those are good old days man i mean that was uh very interesting i never really got to fish a whole lot when i was on those platforms kind of frowned upon but, uh, you know, and I, we didn't stay very long. We would stay maybe a day. They'd do a little pop-up rig on the side of it, and we would stay for about a day or two, you know, put do whatever we were going to do and then leave. Uh, we didn't get much time to play. But, uh, you know, I always wondered how that would play out if I did go fishing over there. But, yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. But, you know, the, the Bull Reds, apparently, uh, there's no lack in them. I mean, they're still whacking them left and right over here. Yeah, there's the, uh, that's something we're not going to run out of anytime soon, is yeah. Bull Redfish. <laughs> they're actually catching, you know, they're catching some slot reds, too. It's kind of Yeah, the slots have been common. coming real good here the last couple of weeks. A lot of a lot of slot fish showing up everywhere. Where have those been hiding all year? <laughs> yeah, right. You know? <laughs> And them darn redfish, they're here today and gone tomorrow. They just move uh, so much, like schools of sharks. That's it. That's it. The feral hogs of the bay, buddy. <laughs> that's it, man. Eat everything. That's right. But they, uh, people always ask me all the time, I mean, do you do you, uh, inshore fish? And, you know, I tell everybody, I don't. I, and it's because, man, I'm I'm good at blue water fishing, I, I've done, I've flipped over to Bay every now and again, and I'm just not out there enough to be super good at it. I want to take somebody out there and do the best I can and put yeah, them you on you got to stay on top of it. But once, yeah. you know, once you've done it for a long time, I mean, you can go three months without wetting a hook. And depending on the time of year, you know what you should be doing. You can go out there and find some fish, catch them. It's, uh, sure. I mean, it's not rocket science. <laughs> We're fishing sure. for for a, a fish that all it does is swim around and eat and make babies. I mean, hey, some yeah. days are just better than others. Feeding time, Absolutely. feeding periods, you know, you know the drill. Oh, yeah. The only exceptions is, is during uh, bull red season, though, man. I mean, that, that's uh, – we'll, I'll go season. out. Man, that's, they're <laughs> yeah. forging up, buddy. That's uh, That's pretty wild. It is definitely, man. You put probably a, a turkey leg out there when it's really going, and oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. Put a jalapeno on a jig head and work it and catch them. It, it don't matter when they're, <laughs> when they're on. Anything that swims is devoured. I eat it up. That's it. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, Jeff, I'm glad I got a hold of you this morning, and uh, you have a good Sunday. What's left of it, and. Yeah. If somebody wants to call you about uh, hooking up and fishing with you guys down there out of Freeport, how do they get a hold of you, brother? Yep. Get a hold of me anytime at 979-417-1013 or go to our website at stsladventures.com. And, uh, you know, I, I, the plan is to have a, a 
some of the Freeport guys and stuff like that on. Like again, I was in Austin this weekend, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm planning on having some of those guys on here coming through the fall, maybe into the winter time. So stay tuned, Good man. Heck yeah, yeah. Stuff always enjoy your way. it, man. Hi, brother. I sure appreciate it, Mickey. Have you a fun Sunday yourself? I'm gonna do it, bud. All right, see you, Hi. man. Oh, I was gonna Bye. tell you. Uh, never mind. Well, that's it. Well, it's top of the hour break coming up. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 